a lot of times the families that we're working with are, we know we need care, but we don't really know where to start. So I always like to really back step and talk about the different levels of care, how to receive care. And then we can even dive into how do you pay for that care? So let's start with in-home care because most of us want to stay home, right? Everybody wants to stay home. And I think that's absolutely great. And most people can stay home for a long period of time and hopefully their entire lives. I have to give a disclaimer. We're going to talk a lot about different facilities um, and communities and what that looks like. Please know we're not saying you have to move into a facility. We don't want anybody to do that if they can safely stay home. We just want to give you all the information so you're all informed about what options you really have. But back to in-home care. So most in-home care is going to be private pay through an agency. So there's various agencies out there that can you can hire. They come into your home and they're essentially caregivers. Um, they're not typically nurses. They're more like home health aides but they can provide a variety of different services. Um, they can meet your personal care needs, whether it's bathing, dressing, grooming, toileting, assistance with eating, um, light housekeeping, supervision, whatever the needs may be. Now, we are finding that most agencies in our area are about $25 to $30 an hour. Um, and the costs, unfortunately, just keep going up. Now, a lot of, um, now if you just need a couple hours a day of care or a couple hours a week, you know, someone to come in just to check, that's, that's realistic for most of us. But if you need 24 hours a day care, $25 an hour, that can be really, really costly. So that's um, something to keep in mind as you're exploring your options, whether it makes sense to stay home or receive care in some type of community or facility. Now you do also have the option to hire your own caregivers, a family member, somebody, a neighbor, somebody from church, put an ad in a newspaper to hire somebody. Those are all an option. They can be less costly too, because you're setting the rate that you're working out with the caregiver. Now, one thing to keep in mind is if you do hire your own caregiver, that's not through an agency you want to put together a care agreement. And that's something Jenna and I do very often for the families we work with. Um, it's just a couple page agreement outlining what those care, the caregiver's responsibilities are. Um, so what they will be doing for you or potentially be doing for you in the future, how much you're paying them, what your schedule looks like. Now we know these things change, but we actually make them pretty broad because we also know if you need care in your home, it's likely going to progress and maybe you're going to need some more care as time moves on. Now what this care agreement does is it protects you as the individual who's inviting somebody in your house to provide care, you know, we never know what could happen. Um, it's stating that they're an independent contractor, but also it's protecting against future Medicaid benefits if that's something you need. Now, I'm going to kind of skip over that right now because we're going to have a bigger conversation on Medicaid today. But just keep that in mind that if you are hiring somebody that's not with an agency, it is really important to have some type of agreement in place to protect you guys against a variety of different issues that could come up. 
Now, there is also a Medicaid program that can help pay for in-home care. So again, we'll talk about the Medicaid qualifications for that. Um, but that's a great option for people who want to stay home, but maybe can't afford to pay, private pay $25 an hour, more or less, whatever it may be, um, to help subsidize that. I will say an, a bigger crisis that we're running into right now is the lack of caregivers. Um, this was an issue before COVID. It's become so much worse since um, with everything with COVID. It's, it's not a great time to really need care, whether it's at home or in the facility. Now, I will say, because I know we have a variety of listeners here today, some might be more towards our Williamsport office, some might be more towards our state college office. This actually looks very different between our two offices. In our Lycoming County office in Williamsport, there's still caregivers ready to come through these agencies and provide care. There's still staff in nursing homes ready to accept um, new residents and to take care of them. That looks a lot different in our state college office. Um, there's a major lack of caregivers. Most agencies aren't even taking on new patients. Um, same thing with the nursing homes in Center County. Most of them are not accepting new residents unless they're coming from a hospital, but like right from home into the nursing home, like we historically always, you know, have saw that's really changed and it's, it all comes down to the caregivers. So are we going to see a shift in that in the future? I sure hope so. Um, it's been really hard. I know Jenna and I, it, within our state college office, we've really struggled um, because there's a need and there's such a significant need for these caregivers, whether again, it's home or in a, a facility providing the care. Um, so we're, we're staying hopeful that things change here soon, but likely when it changes, we're also going to see an increase in how much it costs whether it's in a facility or if it's in a, um, in home. And honestly, the re the reality of that is the difference of the cost of living between the two areas. I always just like to throw a little disclaimer out there because, you know, as we're meeting with families that want to explore the Medicaid program to pay for in-home care, um, right now what we're saying is, you know, we can definitely get you qualified. We can do whatever we need to do there to protect assets, but there might not be some caregivers at the end of the day. So again, hopeful that changes in the future. Now, to kind of get back on track, we, we should get back to different levels of care. So let's talk about different facilities. So the lowest level of care for, in, for a community or facility would be categorized in the personal care homes, assisted living facilities, or senior living facilities. They really are all kind of clumped into the same category, but they are all very, very different as far as cost and what they provide. So you might just be living in one of these communities because you need, you know, some place to live, plus it's providing your medications and your meals. Otherwise, you might be independent. A lot of these communities now are offering all the way up to memory care. And each facility is different. All of them operate very differently and what they actually do provide, which means the cost really differs also. So you might be looking at $3,000 a month you might be looking at $9,000 a month. So there's a big gap there depending on the facility and what your needs are. Now, for that level of care, Medicaid does not pay for that in Pennsylvania. 
So we're looking at private pay. So whatever the bill is that month, it, you need to pay that bill. So there are some ways to help subsidize that though, such as long-term care insurance is a great option. Veterans benefits, if you're a veteran, a spouse or a widow of a veteran, there's an aid and attendance pension that could help pay for that care. Um, it's probably won't pay for all of it, but it could help pay for it. Same with long-term care insurance, help just making it a little bit easier or more comfortable for you financially if you need that level of care. Now the highest level of care is the skilled nursing facilities. So in a skilled nursing facility, that's where we see individuals who are the most medically or cognitively impaired. So somebody that's bed bound, somebody that can't ambulate on their own or somebody who has dementia and it's progressed to a point that they may be a risk for wandering. <clears throat> The skilled nursing homes really can handle those individuals the best. Now, I might blow your mind, maybe you already know this, but right now in Pennsylvania, skilled nursing homes cost on average almost $15,000 a month. The exact figure right now is $14,676.04. They just changed that this year, so I still get used to it. I still cringe every time I hear that, that amount. I'll tell you guys. Last year in 2021, it was $11,099. It went from 11,000 to almost 15 in one year. Mm -hmm. um, I've been doing, I've been working with the Medicaid programs and nursing homes for 16 years now. And this is the biggest increase I've ever seen. It usually goes up maybe a thousand dollars a year. This is a huge increase, which is scary because I don't know what that means moving forward. We're lucky in our area though, we aren't seeing anybody charging $14,000, but some are starting to creep up there. And once that standard's set, people find it much easier to get there. So it's coming um, and it's something definitely to be concerned about. Um, I will say though, having a plan in place <laughs> and, and we're gonna talk about that um, definitely helps with that. Just because nursing home cost is so high doesn't mean that you don't have options at the end of the day. Now, one thing I should mention is that there are also in our area, we're lucky to have um, continuing care retirement communities or CCRCs, that's a mouthful, um, more in our state college area than our Williamsport office, but we are lucky to have these communities. What's so neat about these communities is it's really a place where you can age in place. So the goal is that you move in when you're independent or maybe just starting to have some health issues. And then you're able to get every level of care there. You never have to move outside the community itself. That's very appealing for a lot of people. Most continuing care retirement communities are private pay. Uh, and most of them or some of them have a large buy-in also. So those are some things to consider. It doesn't fit for everybody, unfortunately, but there are a lot of people that we work with that it is a good option. So for instance, um, we can use Foxdale in State College as an option. When you, they want you to move in when you're independent. And then, you know, they'll, you'll stay there throughout your life. You have a very large buy-in, a couple hundred thousand dollars likely up front, and then your monthly rent as well. But what they guarantee is if you run out of money at some point in time, you can stay there. 
So if you outlive your money, you can stay there. They will make sure of that, which is a great option. There's other continuing care retirement communities that don't have the same guarantee because they're set up a little bit different. Might not be as large of a buy-in, but if you run out of money, you have to leave. And you know, it's really one of those situations where it's what works best for you and where do you feel the most comfortable? But I will say one thing that's really hard for Jenna and I is when we are working with a family in a continuing care retirement community where your loved ones live there for 10, 15, 20 years, and they don't let you stay if you run out of money because that's their policy and you have to leave. So now we have somebody who has a lot of health issues. This has been their home for many years. And now we have to work on a transition plan. That's really hard. Um, So if that is the right type of community for you, just explore your options. Know what happens long-term because the reality is we are all living a lot longer right now, but it doesn't mean we're living healthy a lot longer. We might just be living where in a lot longer where we need care a lot longer. If it's a continuing care retirement community situation, you're thinking like, that's something I want to do in the future. Some of these have years wait list. So don't wait until the crisis happens. Um, if we're not looking at a continuing care retirement community and you're just thinking you might need care in the future, yes, schedule a tour, do your research, ask the questions to make sure you're ready um, to make a good decision about where you want to go. One thing that Jenna and I always do is really when we're, when we're working with families that are getting ready to, do, to place a loved one, we're helping guide because we know not every facility is going to be a good fit for you. That's the reality of it. You know, you might, um, you know, Kathy, I'm going to pick on you. Kathy might love facility A over here, but Roger might hate it. Mm-hmm. And that's just because of personal, you know, choices. So one thing I can say is it's good to get information from friends and other people in your community, but also do the research yourself because somebody might've had one bad experience and it might've been one staff member that's no longer there. And it might've jaded the whole thing where it could be a really good fit for you. The nursing homes, um, some of them have waiting lists. Um, We're looking here at some of ours in center County of up to six months or more, Mm -hmm. um, maybe two years for memory care. Um, other, you know, Williamsport, there's some waiting lists. They're not quite as long though. Um, so we definitely advise not to wait to the crisis or not to wait to the very last minute, do your research and figure out what the right place would be for you or your loved ones. 